This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from LL Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash LL Bean. LL Bean. Be an outsider. What up, everybody? It's Double G for Fight Game Podcast Extra. As you listen to this, there's a good chance that I will already be in Las Vegas with the F4W crew. The convention is this weekend in Las Vegas, hanging out with Big Dave, with Brian, uh, doing the, their, I'll be at their Q&A, and we also have a bunch of festivities. So check it out uh, and say come say hi if you're out there. And if you uh, are in our Discord, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that people are trying to get together and do. So it uh, should be a fun weekend. So what is this podcast? Well, uh, I talked to a few folks here uh, on Fight Game Media or Fight Game Media Adjacent and did a preview for both Double or Nothing and Night of Champions. Now, we did this preview a little differently because... You know, you can go over each match and say who you think is going to win and all that. I, I, you know, some of the sometimes it's good to do that because the outcomes are, are really uh, necessary for the future business. But these these shows are uh, it's more about to me. It's more about the whys and the and the whats and the whos. So I ask questions for both shows and for Double or Nothing. You'll hear Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins co-hosts of The Dynamite Show, which is exclusive to our Patreon every Wednesday night after Dynamite is over. Uh, Jeff and, and Paul start recording, and they record uh, a review of every single AEW Dynamite. So if you want that instant reaction, uh, the Patreon, just five bucks a month, uh, and you'll get that uh, in, your, in your RSS feed or in your notifications uh, pretty much before the night is over. Uh, on the East Coast, maybe the next morning, just depending on, on when Jeff and Paul uh, get done and when I can actually put the show up. But uh, And then after that, you'll hear from Scott E. Wrestling, Scott Edwards, who is the host of the, uh, the Five Star Joshi Show, also exclusive to our Patreon. But Scott's not just about Joshi. Scott watches just about everything so uh, he's coming on to talk about night of champions and joining is our good friend larry caution and uh larry uh should probably be doing more wrestling stuff but he's busy with reality tv stuff so uh but i asked him to come join because i always love his takes and so we're going to talk about night of champions same thing we're asking questions i'm asking questions i'm getting feedback from people on what they think about these shows 
and then we you know we 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 asked some interesting questions like you know what's the what's the outcome here for this tag team title match for night of champions how is is roman reigns gonna finally take a pin we don't think so but there's intrigue there of course of course intrigue with cody and brock and then on the double or nothing side uh this you know what happens uh with cm punk on this show is he gonna show up uh, is uh, are they going to kick off like this next series of TVs with the collision show beginning with uh, Double or Nothing? So we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, uh, hope that everybody enjoys their Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Double or Nothing on Sunday, Night of Champions on Saturday. I believe there's a NXT show as well. And we're going to have it all covered here on Fight Game Media on uh, on. Saturday afternoon sometime, depending on when I can get back to my hotel, we will have the wrap recapping Night of Champions. And then Sunday evening, we will have the boom recapping Double or Nothing. But they're also going to go on YouTube first. So they're going to stream right after the show is over. They're going to do their normal boom show, but they're going to do it live on YouTube. So if you are up and you want more Double or Nothing content, go to the Fight Game Media YouTube channel, and uh, and they'll be up. And then we're going to take that audio, and we'll put that audio in the feed, the Fight Game Media free feed for um, Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning's podcast. But also, The Wrap is going to review the NXT show, so we'll have multiple episodes up this weekend. We're, we're going to push John LaRocca's uh, take it home after uh, after we get through those shows. So busy week on the network, busy week in wrestling. Hope everybody has a great one. Let's get to the show. First off is me and Jeff and Paul, and then after that, me and Larry and Scott. All right, we're going to welcome Paul and Jeff, the hosts of the Dynamite Show, to the Fight Game uh, to Fight Game Podcast Extra. And what we're going to do here is we're going to preview Double or Nothing, but we're not going to do the match by match preview. Instead, especially if you've been listening to the Dynamite Show, you know all the matches, you know what they think about those specific matches. But I, I have questions. I've, I've, I have some sort of big picture questions for this show. And I wanted to, you know, kind of get some real insight from from these two guys. Because, I mean, you know, the thing is, I, I do this too. So I, I, I'm kind of asking this question already kind of knowing the answer because I review Dynamite as well. Day one of law school, Garrett. Never <laughs> ask a question you don't know the answer to already. But, <laughs> so, but I, I do want your perspective on this because I think it's really, <clears throat> really interesting, which is when you are so in the weeds on AEW Dynamite. Do you you think you like the product more because you're following it so closely or do you think you'd actually like it better if you stepped back and you weren't analyzing it so well? And Jeff, uh, you you can go first. Oh, I can. Thanks. <laughs> uh Yeah, it, it gets a little, and especially cuz I I watch other wrestling to then analyze you just get tired of seeing patterns at times yeah. or you get tired of crappy builds with no heat and they're trying to make it story or, or uh, you can, but at the same time, it's like, 
I have to like for me watching wrestling, and this is where I get into argument with the younger fans. For me, the build is the most important thing. And then yeah. the paper and then the pay-per-views that blow off where I want to see good matches and hot matches and and bloody matches and things like that. And that's where I get frustrated most of all in my week-to-week watching, is that I could give a rip about good matches on the week-to-week card, except for a TV main event. Yeah. Like, like that's that's all I really need. I want build, I want promos, I want, I want world not world building necessarily, but feud building, angle building, sure, things like that. And 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 I definitely as I deconstruct wrestling week to week, it definitely ruins my enjoyment of it. But when it comes pay-per-view or major event time, I forget about all that. I just watch it for fun. Yeah. And I, and I, and I I really like, like that, that Puerto Rico show that WWE did was so much fun to watch because of that audience. Yeah. And it was a hot crowd. If you have a hot crowd and a hot show, You'll enjoy. I mean, it's like any UFC. It's like any sporting event, really. And and I really just I turn off the analyst brain, even if I'm doing a post show, yeah, for a pay per view, and I just watch kind of watch the pay per views in its own little bubble. There, no, it's a very very interesting answer. Um, sort of similar to me, and some of it is probably because of what we grew up on. But uh, Paul, you just I think you made a note that you said how what. How many matches have you rated and watched this year? Because you're a little bit of a different animal when it comes yeah. to this stuff. I uh, yeah, I just uh, tonight, like on this show, I passed fourteen hundred uh, <laughs> just in twenty twenty three to Lord. so far. So, um, and so for me, I I would say if you follow me on Twitter or other social media and you looked at my my comments and my you know my my feedback on different shows, you would probably think that. I don't even like AW, and um, and then like my next one would be like WWE, and then like the one I'm easiest on is Impact, and the act in actuality like Impact is the one that I just watch for fun and New Japan as well, and uh, whereas like WWE I do a little bit of stuff for WWE because I'm on the wrap every once in a while, and you know if anyone ever asks I'm usually on there, and then AW I'm covering in depth. So because of like what Jeff said of having to pay such close detail to what's going on that's where you find like the holes and stuff. That's where you're noticing crowd reactions and you're commenting on it. And, and, you know, and, and like, and also I find that the most interesting takes sometimes are the ones that go against the grain a little bit. So um, that's where you would probably think that, that AEW is my least favorite, but in actuality, if I was just watching as a fan, like AEW is the one that I pay to go see. I travel to go see AEW. I will go see them anytime they're live within, you know, a, a drive, for me and uh and and if i didn't do a show on it like that would be the one i would still watch it live because i would want to be interacting with fans and and friends at the same time and um so yeah i uh i do think me covering it uh, hurts my enjoyment of it but um i i still love doing the shows so i wouldn't give it up yeah i think one of the reasons on the fight game podcast that's on f4w that john and i do we pulled back a little bit because when you go week to week and you're trying to like just diagnose and put everything under a microscope, like Jeff says, you're look, you're seeing certain patterns. You're seeing what, you know, what Tony believes is the best way to get heat. And he, they, they follow, a, you know, a, a playbook where, uh, you know, getting heat on the baby faces uh, can often 
leave the baby faces a little flat at times. And so when you just watch it and you go, oh, God, they're doing this again. So we decided to pull back a little bit. Like, okay, let's look at this as the big picture. Let's look at this as the road to double or nothing. How are they building this show? So that's kind of how I want to look at this with you guys. I don't want to go match by match. But I do have some questions for you guys just based on uh, just thoughts that I've had watching the the build and, you know, watching the go home show, which when, as we're recording this, you guys just finished doing your show. So you, it's, it's very burned into your mind right now. So let's, let's go first. And uh, Paul, we'll, we'll let, let you answer first, but uh, one to 10, what is your, uh, how, how much looking forward to you? How much are you looking forward to the event? Now you're going, yeah. so you're obviously fired up about going live, but just for the, the actual pay-per-view, if you were not, if you were just sitting at home and watching and you've been watching the TV since Revolution till now, how are you feeling one through 10 about your, uh, how excited you are for this show? Again, it's hard because I am going live, but I, if I'm comparing it to other shows that, you know, and I do travel to a lot of them, but um, I would say I've got probably like a seven, like it, I, I thought like the the main the four way main event has not been built up great, but I thought they've done a pretty good job on everything else, and especially that anarchy in the arena match. Um, I mean that that build has been a ten out of ten. So and that match is going to be way better on TV than it is going to yeah. be at the arena for us. Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Uh, six or seven, I would say. Um, I I agree with Paul. Uh, that anarchy in the arena match is has me fired up. And I am also equally fired up for FTR versus uh, Jarrett and <laughs> and Lethal. I, I really am. I think those are the. I think those two programs they've built those two magnificently for the most part. Um, those are those are very those are very old school builds as well, which yes. kind of mm-hmm. suits the style that that we grew up watching. Yes, and uh, you know Moxley cut the promo of his life. I think backstage uh, tonight too. I, I absolutely. I mean, that really got me fired up. It was serious. It was to the point. Didn't have any cutesiness to it whatsoever. I mean, th- those are the things that get me interested in the match. And look, I, I actually think the Tony Storm Jamie Hader match yes. is going to be pretty damn good too. So I mean, I am I am excited, but I am not overly man. I can't wait to see what happens. But you know, we we've always looked and we go on paper, oh, you know, whatever. But then when you watch it, it's it's usually great. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and that you know, and we go back to kind of how Tony books these shows. When your safety net is your fan base believes the match is going to be good, it gives you a lot of wiggle room to you know maybe not have the the greatest build sometimes because that fan base is like they have learned that no matter what the build is, the wrestling is going to be better than they expect so that's that's an interesting safety net that he has yeah but almost four years in it's a crutch now it is it it is a crutch i fully believe it's a crutch but when i talk to the aw fans who week in and week out they will overlook stuff it's for that reason yeah yeah but it, the, the problem is it 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 doesn't grow the audience that 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 to me is is the the weakness in it is that I think I think for the I think Tony has his seven to eight hundred thousand people that are going to watch week to week, yeah, and has them you know they're the super indie fans and the people who used to travel to Mania weekends to watch shows other than Mania, those types of people. It's it's growing outside of that base. That's the problem, and the the things that you need to do in wrestling are the kind of, that kind of things that are going to tick off those people. Yeah, so uh, agreed, very much agreed. Um, all right, uh, Jeff, we'll we'll stay here. 
Would you close with anarchy in the arena? I think you have to. Because I think I think anything that goes after that match, unless there's a cooldown match, and God help them if they put the women's match after Anarchy in the arena because people are going to freak. I, I think it's such a spectacle you have to. I think it's unfortunate that you have to. Yeah. yeah. I think the world title should always be last, to be honest with you. And I'm one of those people. I do. Yeah. I think it's the most important. But I, I will give that there are certain exceptions to spectacle matches. That that you can you can put after a world title match, um, I, I think yeah, I, I think you have to put Anarchy in the arena last. Paul, I, I I'm I don't know if you agree or not, but if you do agree, where do you put the world title match? So I I agree. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I would put the Anarchy in the arena match last, but I don't think they're going to. Um, and so because of that, like, I think if you're accepting the fact that you're going to close with the world title, and I think the reason why you're going to close with the world title is because you're probably going to give a little bit of a hint as to what's next Okay. after that match. Now, then it's because where sense. do you, yeah. Yes. So then you, what's your cooldown match if you're going to have a cooldown match? And I think last year, I think they did the, um, the tag team match right? was that or, was that the the no they did the the tnt title match i think it was like the three or four way match where they had hobbs watching um if i'm remembering that right i might be mixing it up with revolution but i would put the cole jericho match as second from from the top after anarchy in the arena because they're they're going to kind of be similar kind of matches but a little less heated on the Cole Jericho, and then that gets you ready for the main event, which I think will actually be a great match. Yeah, if a crowd's um, going to die for something, it's going to be that Christian uh, Wardlow yeah. match, and you yeah. don't want that in a cooldown spot. Otherwise, no. you are going to kill that crowd. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll go on record, and I did this in the Discord too, that I think they're going to close with the main event. But if I was booking, um, based on how everything's gone, I would have put the main event as Anarchy in the Arena because I don't know how you can follow it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. And and if this was WWE, you know, unless they are holding the main event to the arrive the, the rearrival of somebody who who were we're thinking, WWE might have just put the four way to start the show, like the way yeah. that they that they do. Well that's that that's like their second main event, basically, is yeah. is the, the the one that opens the show. All right. There are nine matches that are on Wikipedia. Um and so I'll use this uh, as the guide here. Um I'm going to read through the stipulations. I'm not even going to read the match. And then I'll, I'll ask you my question. Four-way title match, tag team championship match, ladder match for the TNT championship, 21-man blackjack battle royal. Oh, there's a singles match for the AEW Women's Championship. Anarchy in the arena. Oh, there's another singles match for the AW TBS championship. Six-man tag and then unsanctioned match. So, Jeff, you said this earlier, stipulations and gimmicks, sometimes that changes the rule. Can there be a rule that you have too many stipulation and gimmick matches on a show? Yes. I believe, I can't remember if it was Stark 883 or 84, but it just, it starts with like a brass knuckles match. And then it's like, there's a Mexican sombrero match. <laughs> and then there's a first blood match. And then there's an arm wrestling thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. There can be far too many, too many stipulations. 
because the problem is it's not built. These feuds don't build to the stipulation as a blow off. They build it as a hook. And, yeah. and, and I, I think, I think Tony gets very gimmick happy. I think you can have that for your one major show. They all be those types of things, but I think really you want more singles matches and you'll note the women are the ones who are stuck with the, with the straight one-on-one matches and everybody else has uh, bells and whistles. Well, uh, so WCW would have called this show uncensored with every step. Yes. And then WWE would call it extreme rules. Uh, But Paul, so knowing that we have all of these stipulations, I think the argument, the fan base would say, well, yeah, there's only a pay-per-view every three or four months. So, you know, you kind of want to, to Jeff's point, you, you, you want that buy, you want that hook. And sometimes maybe the, just the, the straight up singles match to build to something else is not that hook. But uh, do you have an issue with as many, the, all the stipulations on this show? I don't think I do. Like I didn't even really notice it until I saw that you had brought it up. Um, and I mean, it's a valid point. Um, it's, but uh, you know, I, I've seen this about other shows before that people have, you know, complained about or, or noted, you know, I, I remember the famous one was WrestleMania 2000, which oh, was, yeah. you know, that was like the old, all multi-man, first... yeah. all multi-person matches. Yeah. And so that's, you know, kind of similar to that in a way. And I think when you really break it down and you look at some of these matches, like Christian Wardlow, for instance, like does not need to be a ladder match. And they just basically threw together an angle in you know five minutes that made it a ladder match and so i mean that kind of accentuates the point that oh well we're just doing this to have a gimmick and as opposed to you know like cole jericho which you know the build has built to an unsanctioned match so that you know anarchy in the arena they've built to that kind of match um the 21 month battle royal again it was another example of oh let's get some guys in the cart um you know so I, uh, you know, and then I'm not even sure about that six man if it's even happening, but if it does and the goofy steps, that's a whole other issue. Hopefully <laughs> well, we don't get into it. <laughs> if I can interject a little bit here also, I, my, my problem with all these stipulation matches is that the stipulation should be enough, but it never is. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you, I'll, I'll take that, uh, the MJF punk dog collar match which also introduced chairs <laughs> tables and well we saw that we, we saw the extreme rules hardcore cage match just the yeah other day. Um, yeah and it's one of those things where it's like all these matches are different stipulations but they're all gonna involve tables ladders chairs kendo sticks thumbtacks maybe broken glass it, you know it, it's one of those things where it's like it feels very much, it feels like, oh, look, everything's different, but then you're going to watch it and it's going to feel like almost three three to four hours of 1995 ECW at, uh, or not even 95, because 95 was just different wrestling. I, 99 after the rebrand on the TNN when it was nothing but hardcore matches for the most part. It, that's, I, I think people could get, People could get a little bit jaded or at least worn out by the number of extreme, like, especially if there's too much blood before the anarchy in the arena. It's like, how much blood are we going to be watching? Is this, again, is this well, I, I was, three? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was kind of kidding around in the Discord about the, uh, the Orange Cassidy match from today. And I, all I was saying was, oh, like, they they killed the pile driver dead in this match because it, it didn't it didn't work. I mean, I, I, I was kidding. True, but um, well, I think Orange Cassidy tucks his neck. Yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I so hate that. I thought it was because he did a lot of uh, shoulder shrugs like Hawk. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, and, but the I was joking because it was like the the whole style of that match is Orange Cassidy just dies until he outsmarts the the guy like that's been the booking of his uh, of recent memory and there's going to be a lot of that on this show which is people dying and not and not and but they're not dead and then there's going to be lots of kickouts and then there's going to be lots of high spots so you know some of these matches will tend to be similar but you know for a, a very bloodthirsty uh indie kind of crowd like that's what they love so Tony almost has to kind of give that to them because that's what they're paying for. It's the selling challenge though, as well, because in all these indies and I've been there with, with bloody indie matches, it's like, nobody's, nobody's selling like they're dying. They're selling like they're waiting for the next big spot to do. Type How many thing. PWG shows have you been to in your lifetime? A lot. <laughs> I can't, I can't even count how many I've been to, but I mean, there wasn't that much hardcore stuff at PWG. There was, you know, there's the bucks versus Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae that turned real bloody with the thumbtack shoe spot on, on Candice. But the, overall, there wasn't a lot of that. But I mean, I've been to other indies where there has been, you know, just blood and they wanted it to be extreme. I went to XPW shows out oh, here wow. in LA when mm-hmm. I first got here. And that Rob, became, man. you know, that I mean, <laughs> those guys were selling getting killed because because they're jumping off of like 30 foot tall scaffolds and things like that. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like, Look, if you can sell that the guys are dying, that's fine. But I, you know, I think it's going to be law of diminishing returns if they are showing their resiliency. And, yeah, yeah. You know, powering out of this after you know getting hit with like sixteen glass lighting tubes or whatever you you want type of a thing. I mean, I think for me, it's like you still have to do the selling performance part of this art. It can't just be all about the high spot type thing. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, okay, so one more sort of deeper question, and then we'll hit some quick ones before we get out of here. Uh, so do you think, and Paul, we'll start with you. Do you think that this show is unfortunately overshadowed by bigger things that they've been promoting? Because they haven't promoted this much, but it was very impressive for the Forbidden Door to ticket sales to so just sell out we're going to canada we're doing this outside the u.s products hot then you do it then you do the wembley thing and it feels the same way wow we got out of the u.s and this thing is is, is hotcakes for pay-per-views and then you have collision and then you have this cm punk stuff it feels like double or nothing was just unfortunately 
not as important in the overall big picture of what AEW believes is important. I don't think it'll hurt the pay-per-view buy rate in any way because they, you know, we've talked about their consistent fan base. But you look at those ticket sales, and it has definitely seemed to hurt there. Do you feel overshad- that it's been overshadowed, or is it just kind of how business works? Because WWE does similar things. Like you have this, mm-hmm. you know, you have this show in Saudi Arabia, but the news is coming out about other big shows that they want to sell out. So am, am I off on that? I think that up until this week, um, I would have definitely agreed with you um that you know like out of all the big shows that they've got coming up and you know the collision debut forbidden door um the wembley show that this felt like the least big of all those but i will say that on tonight's show and and we're recording this you know just you know less than two hours after the show ended i thought they did a really good job of making sunday's show feel important and they didn't talk about any of those other shows um really other than you know briefly mentioning that the debut of collision is going to be on june 17th but but i mean you know we have no idea who's going to be on the show we have no idea what's going to be on the show i mean we kind of do but not for (laughs) because of anything they've told us so they i thought they did a really good job of making sunday's show feel like okay this is a show you need to see and this is the culmination of these stories that we've been telling you for the last three months so in that i think they they deserve some credit because their go-home shows are not always like that. A lot of times they're building up the next week's dynamite. They're building up, you know, maybe like a battle of the belts that's coming up or something. Right. And in here, no, this is like, they're completely focused on double or nothing. And, uh, and everything they did, almost everything they did on tonight's show was a direct build to something we're going to see on Sunday. So I, I, I would say that I, I would slightly disagree with you based on tonight. But overall, over the last month, you definitely have a point. Uh, And Jeff, Paul makes a great point in that they didn't give us CM Punk tonight because that would have overshadowed everything if CM Punk comes out tonight. Uh, And, you know, this this CM Punk story, at least to the the super people in the know, the super hardcores, the people who are covering this, the people who are gossiping about this, like maybe to that extent, I am a little biased because I know all of these things that the average fan, you know, may not have so much insight into, but uh, same question for you. I think the major problem with AEW right now is that they are selling a lot of fans on hope for their cards. And that's what the Wembley card is. It's what most of the pay-per-view cards are. I mean, I couldn't get rid of my tickets for the amount I paid for them because I was originally supposed to go to double or nothing. The world title program is cold. Yeah. The world title as a belt has been cold for a long time, for a lot longer even than before MGF, in my opinion, in terms of being the top draw in the company. And that's a problem. And it's a problem when people want... People want everybody in the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite pushed <laughs> over everybody in that main event. <laughs> yeah. And they're waiting for this. And they're continuing. And, and when they go, oh, we're going to go to All In, yeah, maybe we'll get Omega versus Osprey and stuff. They want other people at the top of this card. And it's killing the, <laughs> the future of AEW, is killing the present of AEW in some ways, in my opinion. It, it's one of those things where 
the world title program is cold, not just because of the other three pillars, but because of how MJF has been presented as well. He's presented as a coward. And I don't think that, I think people want a strong champion, even if it's a heel in some ways. Like you can be a coward within the match, but within the storytelling this whole time, MJF hasn't want to be in this match. He doesn't even want to wrestle. <laughs> doesn't want to wrestle. Yeah. And, you know, and he's talking about his contract situation the whole time, which it's just like, that's, I think some of the fourth wall breaking is killing it too. Cause it's like one of those things where we want to lose ourselves in that. But overall, the main problem is there, I mean, Orton, people want orange Cassidy over anybody in this world title program. It, it's, it's, it's a problem where the top of your card shouldn't be the top of your card right now. Right? No, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. All right, let's do some quick hitters and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Paul, what's the match you're looking forward to the most? Uh, anarchy in the arena. Same, same answer, Jeff. I think so because I think I'll be the least overbooked. Interesting. What about you, Gary? So for me, I'm I'm not looking as much forward to that match because we're watching it live. And last year, trying to watch that live, was yeah, super frustrating. I get to watch it on TV. I'll have a lot of fun. So <laughs> I okay. So I uh, that being said, if I was watching the TV version, that would be my answer. For this live version that I know that we're going to be watching, I would say the tag team title match, but I'm not sure how serious contenders Jarrett and Lethal are. That's the only problem with this match. From the build perspective, like when I saw Mark Briscoe slap Dax Harwood's teeth out, I I, I stood up. I was like, whoa. And that was after watching uh, Orange Cassidy take every finish in in the book and and still win, you know. that being said, it would either be that match. If I thought that the challengers had a good shot at winning, it would be that match. But it's a match that actually Jeff mentioned earlier, which is Jamie Hayter and Tony yeah. Storm. And I think the reason I'm most interested in that is because I think uh, sometimes on these shows, when you have so much, there's an opportunity for like a sneaky good match to kind of be the talk of, of the show. Yeah. And that match, because I love Hater, I think she's doing an excellent job, and they're overshadowing her with Brit, and she's like still being able to do her job. And I'm just a Tony Storm fan, and I think that's the best matchup, the best for for a pro wrestling match on the women's side. I think that's the best one, and so I like it when it feels like it's the best versus the best. So that would be my pick. All right, two more here. Uh, I'm gonna guess that you guys are going to say the uh, heavyweight championship four-way. But if not, feel free to give something else because that's my answer. But what program is working least for you as a fan that's looking forward to something? You can go first, Jeff. Jade and Taya. Interesting. (laughs) Because even the four-way has a little bit of intrigue to it, to me. And specifically because you don't believe Ty has any shot. No shot whatsoever. Got it. What about you, Paul? Uh, I I would say Wardlow and Christian, but I would I would say even less than that is whatever the hell Jay and uh, Ricky Starks are doing in regards <laughs> to this Blackjack Battle Royal. Because, man, Ricky Starks goes from beating Jericho to 
being in this goofy battle royal. I, they, they stretched them tonight. They they yeah, physically stretched yeah. them. Yeah, but yeah, I Wardlow and Christian to me like that's the match that I figured me and you are going to go share a shot for. Your <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that that might be it. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so Wardlow and Christian, if you were telling me that 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 match was a singles match, I would be so intrigued because I want to see Christian get this guy back, right? Like that would be my my thought is like, oh, they're putting Christian with this guy because Christian's going to help get this guy back on track. And then when they added the ladder stiff, I was like, this is the this is the worst thing you could have done to mm-hmm. this match for me. Mm-hmm. So weird. Because who's going to bump? Like, I mean, you know, I, I suppose they can do like a Benoit Jericho match, you know, that they had that one year where they didn't even take a bump off the ladder. Yeah, submissions probably, on the ladder yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's probably what they're going to go for. Which but, was a really good match. But the, yeah, if, if you go back and it's just kind of a, a little bit of a forgotten ladder match, but I, I thought that was really good. All right. Uh, last one here. Uh I think Paul has his, but my, I was going to ask you any predictions because they're they're usually good with giving us some sort of surprise on the show. Um, the surprise for me was watching Sabu hobble down <laughs> the aisle for the, how does he fit in Jericho and Adam Cole? That was weird, and and like and like people were like, oh, you know, it's cool because he's a legend, and I'm like. Yeah, but did you I have think they to had a match in 94 or 95 in ECW? But I think did you have to force this man to walk down the aisle? Like he couldn't just show up on the big screen and Jericho would take a bump off just seeing his face? Like this poor guy. Lights out. They do it all the time. <laughs> this poor guy yeah. looked like the Iron Sheik from 15 years ago walking down the aisle. I was so, I was like so sad for him. I'm like, why did they do this to him? Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, but Paul, I think Paul, you're thinking CM Punk shows up at the end. Jeff, do yeah, you have any predictions yeah, think, that's sort of like that? I I love. Uh, I think it's Kevin Ely from the Boom. Uh, his idea was actually have him come out after the show ends, like after the pay per view ends, and then you have fans uh, filming it and tweeting it, and it goes viral. And so the fans are doing the work for Tony. Yeah, but they then, pulled, they they pulled my stuff off of YouTube when I did that, man. Well, yeah, but in this case, they want you to do it. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's and then you you get people talking, you know, and, and Punk just comes out and says, I'll see you in Chicago. I'll take that. I'll take that copyright hit, though, because we, we gained like 1500 followers yep. or subscribers from that copyright hit. And then I just had to talk to Jeff Jones and apologize. I'll never do that again. I didn't I didn't know yeah. what the rule was, but he was very nice. Very nice. Yeah. To, to deal with. My original thinking was because of its proximity to L.A. that Mercedes Monet would show up. But now that she's hurt, she's hobbled. That that's not going to happen. Uh big surprises. Uh, punk, maybe. I was thinking maybe Kota Ibushi here. That would um, be amazing. And you know, other than that, the the surprises will be minor. Someone's going to show up during this cold Jericho that we don't expect, probably. Um, yeah, I was like, I was trying to think of. Uh, if any of the new Japan guys were sticking around or if they already had to go back to Japan, because yeah. you could do something with Okada. If they're trying to build to Moxley and Okada, you could literally have him show up at the show, but I don't know if he's back in Japan or not. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. This was awesome. I really appreciate you guys doing this, especially after recording your, uh, your dynamite show from, uh, from just tonight. Um, but well, let's one last question. Okay. Go for it. How does the main event go down in your opinion? How do they book it? Because talking about the four way. Yeah. Talk about the four way. 
because my thinking is because they haven't really built up the pillars or MJF in here, that really what you need to do to get out of this is to have it be Darby against the world. And that Sammy is being insincere as a baby face. He reverts back, but he's a flake. But that jungle boy is the real menace here. And he ends up screwing Darby to get MJF the win somehow. Not necessarily joining with MJF, but so being tired of this whole thing. I think that's the best finish if Jungle Boy is turning heel. I think you have to turn him heel, though, don't you? He's horrid right now. Yes, I, I, I feel so feel bad like for this. They kid. already did based on his reaction. Uh, our 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 buddy Brady, the the Wheeler Yuta of the Discord, <laughs> um, he he mentioned that uh, Jungle Boy got booed during his promo. Yeah, well, yeah. you remember the beginning. The beginning of things are always, or the end is always in the beginning. If you're writing, if you're writing stories, and it, wasn't it, wasn't it Jungle Boy said you always need help to get there, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then he turns out to be the help. That'd be awesome. I, yeah, I, I'd I'd be for it because, you know, he would be he would be overshadowed by MJF in 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 some sort of crew. But at the same time, him just being near MJF raises his star level so much more than how he is yeah, today. I don't even think you need them to be a pair. I just think you need to get Darby to have a kill list, and no, then eventually he great. comes back. He, he starts taking them out one by one. Everybody's because I think there's going to be a lot of interference in this match. I, I could see the entire Jericho Appreciation Society and, oh. and even Lucha and Christian trying to help Jungle Boy or whatever. I could see all these guys coming in yeah. there. Everybody's there to just everybody just to screw Darby. And then Darby gets close. Sting comes down to clear everybody out, but Darby gets close. Jungle Boy screws him. One, two, three. I think that'd be a great finish. I I I I th- I'll just go simpler and I'll say uh, uh Darby hits the coffin drop on uh, Sammy. And he goes to clear him out, and then Jungle Boy pulls Darby off, and they brawl, and MJF gets yeah. the pin. Yeah, I, you like could, that. I mean that that's so, that's more subtle for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, both are great. I think. I think Sammy tries to cash in uh, on I, that I, check, I, and then yeah. gets screwed. Up. <laughs> That'd be funny. I mean, he has to right because he's so yeah. insincere. He's yeah. a wor- he's the yeah. worst babyface promo. He should, they should have just kept him as cocky heel and just being yeah. cocky yeah. the entire and such a heel that even the other heel in the match hates him. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. All right. Thanks, fellas. And now on to the Night of Champions preview. Questions about this show. And joining me uh, are Scott E. Wrestling, host of the Five Star Joshi Show, exclusive to our Patreon. And then uh, Larry Caution, who's a friend of the show, and I'll let I'll let Larry talk about all the stuff that he's doing uh, at the end here when we get to the plugs. But Larry, welcome back. Uh, glad to be back. Good evening, everybody. This is such a pleasure and um, sh- exciting weekend of wrestling. Should be fun. And I just want to let people know, Scott is a diehard Joshi fan, but he doesn't just talk about Joshi. Scott can talk about just about anything. So I know, I know you're putting it out there, Scott. That you know, if anybody needs you know, wants any guests or whatever to, to throw your name in the hat there. So I, I'm doing that for you right now. Thank you. Throw, Thank you. Throw Scott's name out there if you if you want some. Because Scott watches, I mean, Scott even watches Impact. And like that's where a <laughs> lot of people draw the line. And not Scott, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I keep my tabs. I keep my tabs. I got some good things. Okay. So. Let's talk about this show, Night of Champions. 
WWE running Saturday morning on the West Coast, Saturday afternoon lunchtime uh, on the East Coast there. And a, a, a pretty good show, I would say, on paper. I think, you know, two giant main events that are very intriguing, and we'll get to uh, some of that here in a second. But, you know, I guess I, I do want to start, Larry, with those two main events, what's the, what's the actual main event for you? What's the match that you just want to see a little bit more than the others on this show? I mean, I, I, you have to go with Cody and Brock. Um, for me personally, uh, of course, I have a, a connection with, with Cody Rose, you know, great guy. Um, want to see him do well. Um, I think that putting him in a position where WrestleMania, we all expect it. Like, come on, that, that was the end. That should have <laughs> been the culmination. That was the time to crown him as champion. Yeah. Okay, we've gone past that. We've, we've, we've come to the realization that it, they decided to kick the can down the road, extend the story out. So we go to backlash, atmospheres, great main event, Brock versus Cody, and they didn't have a stipulation. And it made me think, and it made everybody who, you know, clued in think, okay, clearly this is probably going to be match one Right. Of some types of, of series because you don't just put these two in a regular match. So then when the rematch was uh, announced after the flash pin, after Brock basically had Cody beaten, Cody gets away with a quick victory. We, I was expecting some type of stipulation, maybe some type of street fight. So they've been advertising this as a fight. I know there's no title on the line, but all signs indicate that Cody is not going to go after this world heavyweight title. He's going to go after Roman's championship. And to me, if you want to solidify him as that guy, of course you build the sympathy on him with the injury, but Cody wins this match on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Of course he'll sell like he did in the Seth Rollins, uh, hell in a cell match last year. I think it'll be entertaining. Um, Cody is a great baby face in peril. I think he's going to be well, uh, well, well suited for a good victory on, on Saturday. So this is the match I'm most looking forward to. Before we get to Scott's thoughts about what the true main event is, you mentioned, and you know, we all were talking about it heading into WrestleMania that Cody should win. It's time, and they pushed it out further. I don't know whether it's the thousand days thing. Uh, you know, that's uh, Paul Fontaine had sort of circled that uh, like months and months and months ago. But he's not even defending the title on this show, so they haven't really brought it back up that much. But what are your thoughts on this post-WrestleMania thing? Because my worry, well, I had two worries. One, my worry was that he does win the title, and then there's a little bit of a bloom off the rose. Because as as we all know, it's kind of hard for a babyface to be champion and to keep that, you know, to keep that heat. But the second thing was, if he didn't win, how do they bring him back? The fans have been reacting very well to him. And I thought, I didn't know if that was going to happen. So kudos to WWE for reading that correctly. But what do you think about this post-mania Cody story? Is it good enough to where you're kind of like, okay, maybe I'm okay with WrestleMania? Or do you still feel like WrestleMania should have been the time? Well, for the time that when it happened, I'm not going to go back and re uh, litigate that. It, it, it was the time, in my opinion, at that time, and that's how I felt. But moving forward, I think they've done the, a pretty good job as a result of the decision they made. Um, at the end of the day, 
They decided that they wanted to build Cody up a little bit more. Maybe this would have happened previously if he hadn't gotten hurt last year and missed so much time. So maybe they felt like they wanted to, uh, they, they have a hot hand, let's milk it. I know the argument. He could do the same thing defending the title as champion. Yeah, I agree. But sometimes, like as we know, watching wrestling all the years we have, the chase, the chase is always gets more heat than actually when, when you actually climb to the top of the mountain. And I know everybody said, well, do, if he wins, then what? Of course, you can do some creative things that make it work. But I think what they've done right now is try to milk this thing for all it's worth. And you got Brock working a lot more dates and a lot more consistent than you've ever had Brock work. When, when the last time we seen Brock on every pay-per-view? Like, this, <laughs> this is crazy. So clearly they've done something, some type of deal to try to make appease Brock make him okay with not being a winner every time out. I think they're doing a good job putting Cody over. So I've been pleased with it. All right, Scott, what is, is this also you feel the main event or do you think Roman being in the tag makes that the actual main event of this show? Uh, I think this should be out of the two. However, having the world heavyweight championship automatically not in the main event, couldn't make it more second rate if they tried uh, the, the, like I know it's like the second title already to Roman, but I think oh, you're you're talking about Seth and AJ. Yeah, Seth and AJ. Like I feel like that already not hitting the main event tells you all you need to know because I don't think it's going to. I think they'll have Cody and Brock main event because that is the best built match in my opinion. Despite you know Sammy, Kevin, and Roman being you know a feud for months now, um, I'm intrigued by the tech. That being said, I think it's going to be a really good match, and it's going to give Solo Sokoa his biggest spot yet. It's a sink or swim type thing for him, and I think mm-hmm. he'll do just fine because you know you have great workers, obviously, and Kevin and Sammy who are going to make him look like a million bucks. But now I ask myself, how do how do you book this match? Is it the Usos, you know, screwing Roman and Solo? Is it just? Kevin and Sammy escaping, or do we just crown new champions and Roman has four belts? Which you know, the image alone, I almost yeah. kind of want to happen. Uh, but actually, yeah, think- that's a great question for the what we're doing on this. Why don't we save that for the end? Because I would like to get right. both of your thoughts on the creative aspect of what you what you would like to see happen. Okay. Um. So so before we get there, um. As an actual wrestling match, so we are all fans of the in-ring. We are all fans of the art of wrestling. In addition to the business, we want to see them, you know, book for for fans and and fan interest. But as a pure wrestling match, if you look at this Night of Champions card, what is the match that you are most looking forward to in the ring? And, And Larry, we'll start with you. Oh, no question for me is Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Uh, I've been an AJ guy all the way back to TNA, you know, just following his career. Of course, I don't think that, that he's been as great as Tom. I think he's held back a bit in WWE at times. Um, Has some great performances here and there. But I think that he hasn't unlocked his full potential. And that could be to, due to age. That could be just pulling back a little bit, you know, his injuries counts have piled up on him. But Seth Rollins, to me, is at the top of his game. I know a lot of people get annoyed with his character and all that. I can look past all that. I don't care. In the <laughs> ring, in the ring, when the bell rings, the guy, to me, is is one of the best performers they have on the roster. And if they really want to go out there and put on a great match that could 
be on the level of anything you'll see in any other organization in the world. If they really wanted to, those two are the guys I'm putting out there to do it. So I just want to see how far they will go, how the fans will respond. Because remember, you're in Saudi Arabia, you're not in a Chicago, you're not in a, a, a city where the, the, the fans are very much uh, knowledgeable of every little thing. But those fans over there, they enjoy the show. They enjoy what's going on. And they usually get a pretty good fan reaction. So I want to see if is the crowd going to be into the match. Uh, will they uh, be singing Seth's song? Will it be? <laughs> what, what will the atmosphere be? But in Bell to Bell, I think this one is for me that I think can really be the, the show still. And of course, it's for the world title. It should be one of the best matches. All right. The um, it, it does the fact that it really, really feels like from the beginning that Seth is going to win this and and AJ is there to have the great match and maybe not win it. Does that hurt it a little bit? Just the feeling that at least we think we know who's supposed to win this match. Not for me, but uh, again, I'm one of those people. I I like having knowledge. I like looking into the head and and, and things making sense. I don't want you to just shock me for the sense of shocking me. Mm -hmm. So for any match, I want to know where the plan is, what makes the most sense. And there's no reason in the world AJ Styles should win this match, and I don't think they should make any changes to make that happen. First of all, AJ's on SmackDown. Seth's on Raw. Seth has been built up, and he's really been given the the shine to be that guy. So if you're going to crown your first champion, you put the belt on somebody who can carry it, who's going to make it mean something, and who's going to go out there every week and make sure that that championship is a workers' champion. I think don't be trying to be cute and shock anybody. Let's just put the title on the guy and have a great match and move on. Who's next? All right, Scott. Same question for you. What what's the the match you're most looking forward to from an in ring perspective? Yeah, it's it's Seth and AJ. I I have said a few times now that I think this is the best Seth has been since pre injury, dating back to oh, yeah. mm-hmm. when he did the uh, sunset power bomb on Kane and ruined oh, his knee. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm going that far back. I think this is the best he's been since then. Um, he just has the energy that follows him, right? In ring, he looks phenomenal. That goes without saying. He's looked phenomenal for a long time. And I, I'm with Larry. I think, you know, just putting AJ in that match is a good thing because AJ is a professional. He's one of the best, right? And I think this is kind of a prove it spot for AJ in a lot of ways, right? It's been a long I, I've I had a conversation with someone the other day. What's the last great AJ style? Exactly. We've yeah. seen some disappointing ones, not yeah. before at WrestleMania. Like he's had he's had the opportunity and not always come through. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So I think this is a prove it spot for him. Not that he needs to prove his legacy or anything, no. but more of a I'm still AJ Styles situation, and it's a Seth rising to the occasion, winning the title finally, and getting to be a top guy. You know, not just you know on the posters, but with a title that he can now make his own. Which I think he's the right person to do that with. I agree with you on that because that's that's a good point about AJ Styles because we look at look at the the, the, the parallels with his uh, peers right now. You a lot. You see, look over AEW. Those guys are allowed to go out there and perform at the highest level and cut loose. And we know what AJ was doing in New Japan. We know what AJ was doing in TNA. And for some reason, I feel like at times he's had certain handcuffs on him in WWE. I wonder if he sat at home with that injury for a few months watching the landscape and like, hmm, 
I'm ready to get back to show that no, I, life hasn't passed me by. I can get out there and yeah. still perform at the high level. I'm excited for it. That, that, that is a very interesting question because I look at Seth Rollins as somebody who has mastered what people would call the WWE mm. style. Mm-hmm. Like he is still like, you can see the patterns, you know, when certain things are coming, but he is so good. And he has, his athleticism is still at such a high level that he just makes it work. Mm-hmm. And I wonder about AJ, because I think AJ was kind of in that realm as well. You, you remember those matches with John Cena. Now, you know, every match is sort of built around the, the phenomenal forearm mm-hmm. uh, or the calf crusher. And so he's get he had gotten into some repetitions as well, but it is partially that style. Now, Will how much of that is also, I mean, my guy's like in his mid forties now, right? So, so that could be something as all because I I was thinking about that because I saw him the other night, and I don't think he looks any older than he has, but it made me realize like we've been watching this guy for a long time, like and and you know he is over forty, whereas Seth, I don't think uh, Seth is probably in his mid thirties, maybe late mid to late thirties, but he still feels. Like he's yeah. in his prime, whereas AJ feels like he's probably on the other side of it ever so slightly. All right. Uh, my, uh, mine, by the way, I agree with both of you, but my my the one that I'm most interested in, and some of this will relate to my next question to you guys, is Bianca and Asuka because I still think, like I thought their WrestleMania match was good, r- you know, pretty good. And I think they have a better one. I just don't know if they if they, that better one is is this weekend. Um, but that leads me to my next question, which is, why does it feel like the women's programs are stalling in WWE? And the reason why I ask that is because the talent, I'm not sure if the talent's ever been higher with the, with the top of the food chain ladies now. Charlotte's not on this show but if she was you would add her right into the mix they brought trish back as a heel that part of her personality is not really working with me because i watch her on social media in real life and it doesn't fit really what she's showing me on tv um but i i feel like you know ria and natalia okay that i know that's there so ria can get another impressive win um uh, Becky and, and Trish, that program hasn't really gotten out of second gear, really. And then Bianca Nausicaa, as good of a match that is, it does feel like it's kind of like the creative has been very, very tried and true formula for Asuka. And I don't think that it should have been. I think that, you know, they should have thrown some of their best their best writers or their best angles or whatever at that program. It just feels like it's a little undervalued on this show. Now, some of it may be that there's, you know, maybe they want to save the one for SummerSlam or whatever, but uh, I'll, I'll go with you, Scott. Why do you think it feels that these women's matches are a little less important than they may, maybe should be? Yeah, I, I think that has kind of been the trend of Bianca's reign overall is, you know, good matches, but not so hot stories. And I, I wonder if they're just so focused, right, on the Cody and the Bloodline stuff that everything just takes a backseat. Like, even if you think about the AJ Seth match that we just talked about, it's not a story. Like, the Seth, the Seth part of this, 
it is obviously great. I like the interview stuff that they were doing on Raw. But the AJ side was like three different things going on at once. He has Karrion <laughs> Cross, Grayson Waller, and AJ and Seth Rollins to worry about. So I wonder if it's that they're just so focused on, you know, the bloodline stuff and other stories that they're just not giving these the time to breathe, right? They got I truthfully, I think they got lucky with um I think they got lucky with Bianca and EO being as great as it was at backlash was backlash it was backlash i don't know the wrestlemania backlash um (laughs) because that i think helps eo's story long term now and maybe bianca's become a little flat for people but i don't think it's her fault she doesn't have the stories to be anything else this oscar story is just following the previous oscar story except now she's using chili powder mist <laughs> silly silly it, it's just upsetting it, it's upsetting and lazy and i just don't think they're caring enough about it i know the match is going to be great they're both great but sometimes it's more than just the match and yeah. these these women haven't been given that opportunity for a lot of the triple h run i think too yeah i agree with you on that um i think they got handed something and didn't pick the ball up um mm. when that match with eo and bianca at backlash had heat i know at a lot of them were where they were at but you could have played off that story and the natural thing to do the natural i know that you know some injury issues that went on in the division it derailed a few plans with the tag team titles and things of that nature but eo should have split it off from that Stayed in a program with Bianca. You could mm-hmm. insert Oscar into that. Have those two interplay. It could. It was multiple things you could have done with this, but to just bring Oscar back after you know a month away and make Bianca look so foolish, overselling that that miss to the face. That just to me, it cut all the credibility out of everything that Bianca had been building up. And then the next week, she just no sells it like nothing happened. Well, yeah, the the they kind of screwed it, or Asuka maybe didn't have enough of it, so it didn't really reach her. So she was like, "Am I supposed to sell this, even though it only really got on my jacket? Like, what am I supposed to do?" It, it, it just it just was silly, and I, I just think that that was one of those moments. It, it goes back to we can all recount the Succotash moment with Roman Reigns. You can all you can recount those things where you. You, you, when, uh, when Seth Rollins is crying uh, and, and quivering in fear to Bray Wyatt, you know what I mean? To the fiend. Like, you don't do that. If you're going to build Hulk Hogan, you got to let Hulk be Hulk. And if Bianca's going to be Superman, you can't do that. And so to me, it cut her legs from her. They're holding back too much. Okay. You know the programs that people want to see. Is, is, is Charlotte going to face Bianca? Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, start planting the seeds. I get it. This whole Rhea Ripley and and Natty, that's just something to do. We all understand that. But there needs to be an overarching build to these big matchups that we're missing on a continuation basis. And right now, it just feels like fodder. And that's the problem. And then that makes the ring not seem as important because there's no connective tissue Mm. between the big stuff from month to month. So they stretch, everything's being stretched out. Well, we need to hold that off till SummerSlam. So why are you throwing Trish and Becky on this yeah. uh, right now? If you if that's the big match for SummerSlam, why not a tag match? Why not something that, you know what I mean? I, it just feels like it's too much. Well, we got our overarching stuff. Now let's just fill out the card. 
and, and that can work in 1995, but not today. Mm-hmm. Everything has to have meaning if you're going to put it on a, a, a premium live event. So, no, yeah, it's a great point. Um, if there is a sleeper match, now, as far as I know, there's only seven matches announced. Maybe something else comes out. Uh, but the the seven matches we've we've talked about every single one of them, except for uh, Gunth, uh, Gunther and Mustafa Ali. It, is there a sleeper match that you think will over deliver? Because we've talked about these women's matches. Now, give credit where credits due. Three women's matches on Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. I feel like only like two years ago, these women were wrestling in like overshirts, right? And they didn't really want to put. So I'm not saying that this is anything Saudi Arabia is doing, but maybe WWE kind of like saying, hey, we need we need to actually have our product here on these shows if if we're going to do this right. But uh, Larry, what is the sleepery match for you that, you know, maybe will outkick its coverage here? I mean, it's I I don't know if it's necessarily a sleeper because uh, we have I haven't got a chance to talk about the tag team title match. Um, because to me, like I say, I I, I Cody and Brock is the match I'm looking forward to. Yep. Anytime Roman's in a big match like this, to <clears> me, <throat> it can it, it, he just he just gets so much heat that this match could really be a big one. But Gunther and, and Mustafa Ali, I don't know if they give. Let Gunther do what Gunther wants to do. You know Gunther like this, like to sell. He likes to let the little guy have a lot of shine. If they allowed him to have a little time, it could be good. But I just have a feeling, uh, you know, who, who's back and, and it's got his hands in the pot. He's going to let Gunther go out there and just smash Mustafa Ali. So, but if they allowed them to have a little time, these two could put on a show. I mean, we've seen what Gunther's done with Tyler Bate and different guys at NXT or over in Europe. So I think this could really be a great match if they're allowed to really go out there and work. I I just wish they treated Ali a little bit more seriously in the build. Like when he got the match, it was even sort of a joke that he got the match. And then uh, that's the hard part. I mean, not everybody. You can't treat everybody like a a superstar, but at least if someone's going to get a title shot, you can change their momentum a little bit and make them on uh, a little bit on a roll, which makes me believe that this may have been like kind of like a last minute thing. They didn't, they didn't build him up at all for this. So Scott, what about you? I'm going to go with Bianca and Oscar. I think they just have the, they have the ability to steal the show, right? They, we, we know what they're made of. We know what they're about. Um, the, the other, you know, they're presenting it as a triple main event between the Seth and AJ and the tag and Brock and Cody. So it's almost like, all right, pick from, yeah, pick rest. from everything else, <laughs> pick, for, pick from the rest. And I, the only fear I have with Gunther and Mustafa Ali is Mustafa Ali doesn't get much time to, uh, actually wrestle. Yeah. And, uh, he gets, he gets chopped into oblivion. Um, which, you know, might work too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I hope he gets something out of this, right? Like if you come back to Raw on Monday, I hope he gets something out of it. Because if they just shove him aside and they go, okay, you're going back to being goofy, then we know for a fact yeah. that they didn't have any any idea to, to build him up in any way. I think that's what they're doing because it looks like they're building to Gunther and Riddle more yeah. than anything else. So I, I fear for Ali that, you know, he'll just be back to being positively... Ali or whatever his new nickname is. Uh, but I think Bianca and Asuka, given, you know, give them 10, 15 minutes and just go out there and 
wrestle a great match, I know that they can do that. And I think they can at least have a better match than WrestleMania, which I did think was good as a match. Mm-hmm. But this this feels like the premier women's match on this show in terms of getting the most time. I know beyond you know, Becky and Trish are like the big name match, but I feel like this one, if you're looking for that work rate side of things. It should be those two, and I think they'll. Uh, I think Bianca's going out there, especially after that EO match. You know, ready to keep proving you know people wrong. Maybe because people don't want to see her as champion anymore. But the the, the the one thing I'll mention about Rhea and Natty is Natty can be really really good at getting somebody over mm. um, as a as a you know. And Rhea's already a beast. She doesn't need much help, but. I always go back to that, and this now we're going back to like 2014 or something. So that's that's a little while ago for, for Natty to dial it back that far. But that NXT Charlotte match that she yeah. had, where she kind of made Charlotte, and if you yeah. watch that match with the right eyes, you're like, Charlotte's a great athlete, but this entire match is Natty, and so she yeah. has that ability. Um, she may not have that athleticism yeah. anymore, but I still think. Uh, you know, her role is to uh make Rhea look really, really good. So I think she's gonna do that that job. She's like, you know, what's interesting is is uh, the Zelina match in in Puerto Rico. The story was a little different in that home. You know, that was her home base and her, you know, her pr- the pride of, of her nation, and and so she's got a lot of sympathy. Rhea sold a little bit, but she's still pretty much devastatingly beat her Mm -hmm. um and here i think they can have a little bit more of a realistic back and forth but then because Rhea is just the new big bad then she overcomes and dominates natty like you know like like we haven't seen natty dominated uh in a while or something like that but i i have Mm -hmm. faith that because natty has such a, a a sound uh, she's such a sound worker. Yeah. She's, she's not yeah. extraordinary. She's not the best, but she knows the fundamentals. And also, you know, when it comes to the 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 crowd perspective, I think I think it'll be really good. But again, it is it is a semi semi squash match. But um, I'm I'm glad Natty is in there because I think I think it'll be it'll be better because she's in there. I, okay, I Go think ahead. with a lot of these matches though, it's about placement on the card. And crowd reaction because we know. Look, if you if you go back over the last year of these premium live events and you look at the best cards, it's the atmosphere that really elevates the show. Like when they go to these different various locations and the crowd is really into it, the match could be okay, but the crowd can elevate it to being really good or memorable. So if they stick, there's three women matches, so they're gonna. Spread them out throughout the show, hopefully, and we'll see how the crowd reacts. And if they don't treat those matches as important, that could take us take down the actual uh, how we feel about the matches overall. So I hopefully it's a good crowd. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, okay, so you were talking about match placement. That is actually my next question. Is like Scott said, they are you know there are three matches that stand out a little bit above the rest and if you want to add a fourth i think bianca oscar does stand out more than the other three after that how how would you place these matches cuz i don't think they're just going to go back to back to back with aj seth roman tag and then cody and brock one of these is probably going to open 
Um, mm-hmm. w- you know, how would you guys? I, I know Roman has always said, or at least uh, you know, we've been told that that he either likes to close or he likes to open. And if that is the case, then maybe you do have this tag match open the show. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think you know, I don't know what the fans are going to be more excited about: Cody and Brock or or, or Roman. Uh, in, in a tag, just that story is still working for me. But uh, Larry, what what would you do with your match order with uh, with the main event and and uh, where where you're going to sprinkle in these other big matches? Well, I look at it uh, more like from the company perspective as well. Um, you, you, you're having a premium live event on a Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, one o'clock. What is it? It's 9 a.m. out there. I think it's 10 10 a.m. 10 10 a.m. out in the West Coast. And you know why I know that? Because I'll be in Vegas. Uh Mm -hmm. People listening to this now, I I will already be out there more than likely. But Dave and Brian are doing a QA, and a and Dave's biggest worry is about being able to watch the show after the (laughs) (laughs) Q&A. So, uh, so it's it's soon thereafter, and we'll have to like we'll start watching it late from wherever we get to watch it from. Yeah, so you, you want people to tune in and not miss a big match, but you also want to have a reason why at one o'clock at, at, at on a Saturday afternoon people feel like they need to be watching the television. So, yeah. uh, to me, I, Brock either wants to close the show or he wants to open it and get the hell out of there. That that is mm-hmm. traditionally how Brock is. So. If 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 I'm if I'm booking the show, I'm starting the, the the fight hot. I'm going Brock and Cody the opener. That's my opener. I'm putting this tag team match in the middle, and I'm putting I'm closing the show with AJ and Seth. That's my and, and crown a new champion to go off the air. I think that's a good way to split all three up, uh, and I will splice in a Gunther and uh, the three women's matches throughout. But I'm putting Brock and Cody at the start. Get Cody a big win. Or if you decide you want Brock to win and you get and Cody loses, hey, at least you got out the way early. By the end of the show, you send the fans home happy. But that sure. that, that doesn't close the show with a sour taste in people's mouths. If you decide that you want Brock to win match two and you're going to set up a rubber match. That's my thought. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, so I think I would put the tag in the middle no matter what. I think I think for for me, having Having Roman in the middle of the show will control people's interests. True. be like, all right, I'm here for Roman, and then, oh, this is going later. Um, I don't, you know, maybe if he's the main event, people don't tune in until the main event, too. I think that's also a possibility, because there's just some people who only care about Roman Reigns. That's true. And then, and then there's the question of, does Brock want to get out of there as soon as possible, or does he want, or is he willing to wait around? I think that's really what probably decides the main event on saturday more than what they actually prefer um i i would agree with larry i think the world heavyweight title should main event because again you're trying to establish a world championship Mm -hmm. not a tag or a special singles match right and i think that's the best way to do it i think brock and cody opening the show hot you know because the doubt leaving raw was can cody even wrestle why wait just start it off start it off hot have Cody win that match, and then you're kind of – I think you're really going from there on out. If you have a hot start, but if you don't want the world title match main eventing the show, I'd rather it open than be stuck in the middle. And another thing, the show is called Night of Champions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, close the show with the championship point. match. 
Maybe uh, maybe they let Brock borrow uh, the BMF championship for the night, and and he's got to put that on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Who who's gonna who's supposed to fight for that in UFC? Dana and Dana like just create that, put that championship back on a future match so that they actually had a title match on a show. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's Poirier and um, is it Chandler Gaethje? Gaethje, no, you're, oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. Well, that's, that's worthy. Of yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Are they going to get the Rock bad. back on that show though? That's the big question. Because my guy, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but my guy was uh, in the end credit scenes for Fast and Furious, so mm. he's back somewhat, I guess, with the Fast and Furious franchise. All right, um, I, I agree with both of you that the I, I personally I want to see Cody and Brock last because that feels the most important. But sure. you cannot put that last and have a world title match right in front of it. You can't have yeah. Seth and, and AJ and then Cody and, uh, and Brock. So, I, you know, I, you, may, you may be able to flip-flop those and then put Roman on first or do what you guys said and put Cody and Brock on first. But I okay. think that's interesting. But there is one caveat, and I know WWE hasn't done this, but AEW has. What if Cody isn't technically cleared and is unsanctioned, lights out mm. type of match? Yeah, so you could do that. This happens after the show, whatever. You know what I mean? Like That's maybe you say, okay, I'm not, you want to fight him, fight him, but we will not be sanctioning this. So after the like official show is over, I know Ring of Honor did that years ago. And uh, now Cody and Brock will go out there. And y'all can have it, but this will not be a sanctioned. It's an unsanctioned match, so they could mm. do that. But I don't know if that's they're thinking right now. Yeah, yeah. And then you and then can have uh, Sabu show up in that match too. <laughs> Stop! No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I cringe so bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, this is the last question, and this is not about Cody and Brock, and it's not about AJ and Seth. It is about Roman Reigns. There are some theories about what could happen in this match. I think Scott kind of set it up earlier. You could have Roman hold all the belts and he and Solo win this match. I think that'd be fun. Uh, you could have Solo lose the match for them. And they were teasing, you know, Roman and, and Solo kind of shoulder bumped each other. And Roman looked a little worried about that the other night. Uh, or, you know, if you want to set up your next world title program, you could have one of Sammy or KO pin Roman to win this match. When I asked John LaRocca this on the Fight Game podcast last week, he said, all of that, and then we're going to have him lose in a tag match? What the hell? So, mm. though, but those are the three Those are the three things. How is this match going to happen uh, for, you know, because there's something, either, either way, all three ways, something happens. It is meaningful. But what is the one that you choose? Scott, why don't you go first? Brothers screw the brother. I think that's the one I choose. Usos accidentally screwing Solo or maybe purposefully. I think that Wink. would be more interesting. You know, you know, maybe maybe it looks like an accident, but it actually was on purpose. Um, because to me, the way they've created the story is it all. I know Cody has to be the payoff, as he should. But like Jay Uso feels like a payoff in some way, shape, or form in the end of the story. And it's felt like that since day one. Um, I like the idea. I, I, I want to fight Roman for that guy. That's, yeah, that's me how too. I feel. And that's the beauty of the story. I just don't know what the payoff will be. Um, I think, you know, Roman and Solo versus the Usos is a 
huge match, no matter how you slice it, doesn't need titles to be a big match. You can have the tag titles away. I think Kevin and Sammy benefit from getting away from the Usos, from the bloodline long-term because, you know, I thought they were done with them. <laughs> I thought they were done with them at WrestleMania. <laughs> Silly me. Uh, we're, we're here a few months later. I think that's the way I go. Have the Usos. Maybe Jay Uso finally stands up for Sammy Zayn and Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe accidentally in quotes. Yeah, I, I definitely go with uh, Sammy and Kevin winning. I think that Sammy has to pin Roman. I think that Ooh. is that that is the conclusion, but it's not going to happen. I think Solo <laughs> Solo's getting pinned. Um, the thing I like about the story, and I know people feel like, oh, they're stretching it out. The thing I like about it is if you go all the way back to the beginning, it started with Roman and his his two cousins, and and Solo came in as the heavy, as the help. Mm-hmm. And now Solo's being built up. I get it. it. It's taken a while. Don't get me wrong. It, it's been stretched out. But in in theory, we want to see, will Jay and Jimmy finally stand up? I don't want them to look like doofuses. Like you said, I like your idea of purposely costing them the match. Um, I don't want to be another accident. It should be a oops, but yes. give give the wink at the camera type of yeah. deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the way to do it. And then keep Sammy and Kevin as tag chats so they can go from brand to brand. You need mm-hmm. those to still be able to go on SmackDown, still be on Raw, just with a star power because Sammy's still the hot hand. But Roman and, and Solo can reside on SmackDown with no issue. That storyline is strong enough over there. And I think Raw has done a good job building up his brand enough where they don't need the bloodline on Raw every week. So I agree with you a thousand percent. The Uso should do something to cost them the match, but make it purposeful and give a wink to the camera so that we're in on it. And then we can go from that because Roman, remember, he dedicated this to the greatest tag team of all time. (laughs) Got the wild Samoans. I'm like, God, come on, man. So, (laughs) And and that should even be another wrinkle to the story. Maybe you have Optimus Seeker come out and and, and they have a a tribal type of um, sit down with the crew. That could be a whole other segment on a TV mm. show. There's so many th- ways they can go with this. But, um, yeah, I definitely have uh, Sammy and Kevin routine. I'll, I'll say it's worth uh, just noting how they've created new challengers for Sammy and Kevin, too, on Raw with, you know, the Judgment Day and Imperium. Imperium. Mm-hmm. It would be silly not to go back to those. Yeah. Like, Finn and, isn't Finn and Priest that pinned yeah. uh, that beat them? So, like, that feels like a pay-per-view match that you can do because, obviously, Judgment Day – um, they they're still pretty, they're still pretty over as he, pretty, but pretty weird that the Judgment Day not on this card of the yeah. Rhea. Yeah, I was thinking they, the same thing. They pretty hot. I mean, they I mean? they may um, they may also get involved in this. I think you know it's possible. That's true. True. Imperium too. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. No, this is great. I, I love looking at the shows in this way. Uh, I, I like looking at it match by match too. But I think you know you kind of get a little bit deeper into thought on things when. When you when you ask some questions about the show, but uh, before we get out of here, so Scott, five star Joshi show, the newest one just went up on the Patreon. I know we got some clips from that show on YouTube as well. What else do you want to promote? Uh, what else do I want to promote? That's a good question. Uh, I I'm going to be covering that show. In, uh, the Stardom has a pay per view this weekend. Flash Flashing Champions. Champions. Yep. So I'll be covering that in full. 
um, somewhere in the midst of Night of Champions and Double or Nothing and Under Siege and whatever other pay-per-views are possible. Best of Super Juniors final, you know, everything's happening this weekend. I'm going to try to, you know, cover that and make that stand out a little bit. Haven't decided if I'm going to do a review or uh, live or just recorded, but keep an eye out for that. And then, uh, yeah, keep out. Keep an eye out for all the other content that I'm doing. I have some interviews coming up. So those you can follow follow him at Scott, the letter E, and wrestling on Twitter to find out everything that he's doing. All right, what about you, Larry? I'm not really doing a lot with wrestling right now. Would love to, but uh, right now I've been Survivor just wrapped last night, so I've been deep into Survivor season. Uh, Rob has a podcast. If you're not a subscriber, check us out. We do a lot of content. We review all types of reality TV shows and uh, everything from wrestling. They do have a wrestling react up on the weekends. So, yeah, check us out, man. I do a lot of producer work for them, so I've been enjoying that for the last few years. Other than that, football season is off right now, so I've been just living life. So, <laughs> and, and, I, and I saw, is it season 25 of Big Brother coming up this summer? Yep, August 2nd, it'll be back. Uh, they pushed it because of this writer's strike, so they pushed it back to start in August this year, so you'll have the Challenge USA returning for Season 2, and Big Brother Season 25, there's been some rumors about could be a all, another All-Star season. Oh, wow. We'll see how that goes, but um, yeah, 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 you know, it's going to be a bunch of reality shows popping yeah. up over the next few months because of this writer's strike. This yep. is heaven heaven for me. You know what I mean? That's what I do. <laughs> this is what I cover. So I love it. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, and also thanks to uh, Paul Fontaine and uh, Jeff Hawkins, who also did the other half of this preview talking double or nothing. So for Paul and for Jeff and for Scott and for Larry, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.